let me play for you every conversation I've had at least maybe five times a year. Hey, I'm Chitra. What a beautiful name. Where does that come from? <laughs> India. Oh my God, I love Indian food. <laughs> that has happened to me at least 30, 40 times. Happy Valentine's Day. Woo! Happy V-Day to my favorite gals. Gal pals. Day of yeah. love. What a my great only... that we're filming, or filming, recording of relationships, dating, love on Valentine's Day. Although I think it would make more sense if we recorded it and it came out on Valentine's Day. But, you know. We didn't not... think about it that much. Yeah. <laughs> These things are always relevant. So it's okay. Yes, it'll, it'll be February, true. the month of love. Yes. And Black history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so it's even more like the topic. The, um, true. Very that we're about to. This was all planned, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> As Clearly. of five minutes ago. Thanks. Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't even plan it, but yeah. <laughs> so I think probably the, the main focus of today's episode will be race and relationships and I, I guess it was Esther Perel and Dr. Sue Johnson if we can get to it and if we don't have time we can always push that to part two which I'm assuming will exist so yeah I Sue Johnson I don't think that that's the one I put in right the, mm-hmm. yeah so I don't think she mentions anything about race so like we'll get to it if we if we have time but like yeah, we can always just talk about it later because she has some yeah. parallels with Esther Perel, or actually like parallels in the sense that they kind of contradict sometimes. But yeah, I agree. We want to focus more on just like race in dating and racism and all of that. I think that would be, yeah, we get a good start. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I'm sure that'll take us an hour, but if it does, yes. Then we can- as okay. three non-white women, we have a lot to say about this topic, I'm sure. So much. <laughs> totally. So much. I am just like, disclaimer, I am fully not uh, an expert in this field and have literally no business talking about any of this <laughs> as a single, very single for a very long time person. So. My <laughs> experience, and that's uniquely my own, not backed up by data. Not that. <laughs> <laughs> but we have links for every episode, right? <laughs> we're not experts. <laughs> we're the experts on this. Yeah, so. I might be in hookup culture whenever we get to that, which I'm assuming next episode. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. so. For but reasons that come I won't up get amongst all of this. Yeah, Fair. yeah. I feel like they're interlinked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so. If we're going to start with some of these focus questions I came up with. Okay, okay, so are racial tendencies inherently racist? And the, so a lot of these questions came up because Shimona shared this very enlightening video by BuzzFeed. It was actually very well done cinematically. So I highly recommend it's two minutes. Got time, watch it while drop it in the Twitter or Instagram or something. Um, But basically, and I think if we break it down, it just says which races are considered the most desirable based on this dating app. 
And it's also from 2014. So statistics could have changed easily. But it ranks in like men and women who is considered the most desirable. And I think this is among straight couples as well. So also take that one great as well. But the ranking was, I should have pulled it up. Um, I, I think I, in terms of most and least desirable for men, I think most desirable was white men and then least desirable was south asian men south asian men most desirable women were middle eastern women least desirable women were black women yeah and these are not our personal opinions these this is done by (laughs) just making that clear um okay so i also had i was thinking about it and i have a comment about the female one my hypothesis is that white women don't use dating apps as much which is why because it says white women are ranked as the second least desirable which to me sounds crazy and also oh yeah that sounds weird yeah it just sounds off well so I also looked up the top 10 names of like men and women that are swiped on like swiped right on um and they're all white names so Mm -hmm. I just think it doesn't line up particularly so assuming that they took just the amount of people using the app and then ranked it from there like how many people in general so if there's a less pool of white women using the app in general it will automatically bump them lower so I just think there's not that many white women on dating apps mm. hypothesis not that they're the most uh oh, white men were more likely to go for non-white women, which I also was very suspicious of that. Yeah, I I think it is there's weren't enough. Least likely to discriminate based on race, but like, or, you know, unconscious bias against certain races, whereas like women are more likely to go to white men, like regardless of what race they are. So I've heard- Say the first part of it again white people white men like all men or I think it's like white men are least likely to have like a racial bias or racial preference whereas like women are much more likely to Mm. like especially go for white men I think that's that is interesting this probably can also tie back into the the question that uh are racial tendencies inherently racist Mm mm-hmm So I actually had like a three hour conversation with my sister about this yesterday because have you, did you finish seeing the first season of Rami Chitra? Yeah. So, okay. So Shivani, you both remember the episode where uh, she, it was like focused on the sister and she met this white guy, the the barista. Do you want to just give a quick like background on what Rami is? Oh yes. So Rami is a TV show on Hulu, I believe. Um, (laughs) And it's about, just the the dealings of a first generation Egyptian American uh, young adult and how he grapples with dealing with his own parents' kind of values and his very conflicting and open-minded, more liberal values. Um, and it's very relatable for most people who grew up first gen. So just a very overall good show, well done. What was I gonna say? Oh yeah, so there's an episode about focusing on his sister 
and how much of a double standard it is between like her wanting to date and then him wanting to go out or date. Do you remember that episode? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meets the white guy. Yeah. So after that episode, we saw that together. And my sister and I just like, let's talk about racial preferences and tendencies and what we grew up as. And well, first, I feel like one thing I find strange is I think I mentioned this too in our chat that it's very normal for like if an Indian auntie was like, I only want an Indian son-in-law for my daughter. That's totally fine. And I feel, well, I feel like most people would not argue with that. And they would kind of be like, oh, this is like her being Indian. But if a white auntie <laughs> was to be like, oh, I only want a white son-in-law for my daughter. That, I feel like people would call her out on that and be like, oh, that's very racist. Like, how can you just like exclude all these other races? And so I think it depends on, it depends on so many factors that it shouldn't depend on, like whether or not the racial tendency is actually racist, like what culture it comes from, like usually if it's a clo- like a more conservative culture, people are more forgiving and they'll assume that it's just like a racial tendency or like it's just them wanting to keep within their culture. But then if it's, it's weird because it's like if it's a Western culture, I guess people assume that you should be you should have the understanding that all races can be dateable, but so then that makes it racist. Yeah, I don't know. I just found that to be weird. Yeah, yeah. I think like being from an immigrant community has a lot to do with it because I had like uh, like my dad's friend's daughter was dating a Polish guy for a while and like they were both white, but his family was like from Poland. He like grew up in the Polish community, but his like family refused to accept her because she wasn't Polish. And even though they were both white, it's like his family clearly had a preference for like a certain kind of white person. And I think it's just confusing because like whiteness can mean so many things and it's really evolved over time. Um, So I think like, like if you come from like more of a conservative, like religious or niche community, that's very insular then I think it makes it makes sense if your parents would want you to be with someone in that community since mm-hmm. in their eyes that's like like you're gonna have kids one day and you're gonna pass down your culture and your identity and keep our community alive otherwise if you I don't know it's it sounds like kind of gross and racist but like if you marry outside of that then like you're you're like mixing and you're intermingling and it's kind of gonna make our culture like die down over time yeah and I actually think that stems from racism that in and of itself but in the opposite direction so we have these people who feel like they need to encourage other people to marry within their culture and if you ask well why is that it probably stems from the fact that these cultural groups have been ostracized by in america the predominantly majority people here which is you know white americans Um, So I think, I mean, I I guess the obvious way to look at it would be, well, if my, if this Indian auntie is only saying that my daughter can marry an Indian man, then, well, that's racist against every other race except the Indians. But I kind of think it's the opposite where you're so desperate to protect your culture that feels like it's constantly under attack. So you're kind of driven to have to do this when maybe if white people show they were more interested in Indian culture, more would be more accepting of you living Indian. And 
even my day-to-day life, I cook Indian food on a very regular basis. That is my majority diet. And, you know, listening to Indian music, like this, these are parts of my life that take up so much of it. And it's not unreasonable to think that some race that has never shown any interest in it won't support me in that. So I think it's, it's almost because of racism from white people, we have these racial biases in the other direction, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like they almost make us feel so weird that we need to stay with other people that understand our weirdness. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, my dad, um, similar to what Shivani just said about like wanting to keep within the culture, I asked him about like, why are you so keen on me marrying or dating an Indian guy? And he was like, if you end up marrying someone that's not Indian, that is essentially the end of our lineage. Like <laughs> you just yeah. like, you all chance you're probably not going to go to India with him often as as often as you would with somebody who is Indian because he's probably going to need to visit his family too if he's Indian um he's not going to speak the language so he can't get along with half of the family already he's not going to understand like you're just so much less likely to stay in touch with the culture and once you lose touch with the culture that's probably not going to be handed down to if you have kids it's probably not they're not not going to probably speak the language and it's just going to slowly fade away and you're going to be the start of that of that process but I get what he means in terms of there's things that would always remain like Chitra mentioned like I'm not going to stop eating Indian food like I'm not going to stop listening to Indian music but maybe yeah I would be less inclined to stay in touch with other parts if I didn't have somebody that was as Indian or more Indian than me, like reminding me of my culture and like making me stay close to it. But then it's also like, is that something I really care about? I don't know. I've been doing fine without it and not really like in the past few years, I I feel like I've been the most out of touch with Indian culture that I've ever been. And I don't know. I, I don't really feel like it's, I guess, according to like a communal perspective for like, yeah, I guess I, I have been, that's the wrong thing to do. Like, Indian culture is also very like you think about the family you think about the unit and I guess we're just so far away from that mentality that it just feels weird to think that way now that's That's so true like when you say that I was just thinking is it up to the individual to preserve their culture because I'm an Indian person and I'm with a white person but we both make an active effort to like make Indian food and watch Indian movies and listen to Indian music and I think if I were with an, like, I could easily be with an Indian person who's, who's rejecting their roots and who, you know, wants to distance themselves from the culture. And then eventually, like, we both end up losing touch with the culture. So I just wonder, like, if someone already feels very strong in their identity and strongly tied to their family and India or wherever their, like, home country is, then is it, is it just one person that's gonna like sweep them away and take them away from all that like I I think to begin with you already need to have a strong foundation yeah Uh, that's true yeah that's very true like you're gonna stay in touch with it as much as you want regardless of who you're dating right yeah I I wouldn't let my partner like diminish that because I I think I'm very like I would be hyper aware of that being with a white person (laughs) like to Mm -hmm. try and make sure that doesn't happen Yeah. yeah And I think it is also this shift in focus of, for our family's generation, it was, you marry for the benefit of the entire family unit. And now it's, it's a lot in more individualized 
I think being in America specifically, because it's a very, everything is centered on the individual in so many, I think that's good and bad in certain ways, but especially relationship wise, you never marry to appease your family. That's just, that's, I think that's also why, even if you just say arranged marriage to a white person, they freak out because they can't comprehend it. There's definitely a level of speed that's very similar between like, whether it's, I guess, a level of speed of hookups that happen here versus the level of speed of like commitment that happens in India. The speed is the same. They're both super fast and people are down to do it like right away. Um, but you get, like here, I guess you go through the dating app, you go through like a friend's approval, but over there, you just kind of blindly follow what your parents. Um, yeah, well, even here, it's kind of you marry whoever you're with at the appropriate age that it's time to get married, regardless yeah. of what, whether this is actually your best partner. So yeah. let's say 26 to 28, whoever you're with, you just get married to that person. So in a way, it's kind of the same. as. Yeah. Uh, we can also move on to the next question. If you have. Yeah. Ready? Okay. Let's do it. So, do we have control over our racial preferences or are these learned behaviors from our peers or media? I think it a lot of it has to do with media slash who and how we were raised or how we were raised and who we were raised around. But I don't think like, I find it very strange. I understand racial preferences. I don't understand, like, racial, what's the opposite of preference? Like, when people say, um, like, I I prefer darker skinned people. Okay, fine. I get that. Like, maybe that's just something you can't control. But when people say, like, I've also heard people say, I don't prefer so-and-so race. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, I don't think this race is attractive. Oh, my God, the amount think- of times, just, like, in passing, I've heard people say, oh, I don't prefer Indians or, oh, I don't prefer Asians. Like, and, yeah. and it just, it just rolls out of their mouth. Like it means nothing. Yeah. or Yeah. That I don't understand. Cause it's like, okay, have you, you've met literally like over every person in the 1 billion population and you've confirmed that you're not compatible with them or attracted to them in any way. Like that makes no sense. I'm, I know you didn't do that. So how do you, how do you say you like, how can you disqualify an entire race? Yeah. That I don't understand. So I think that is definitely like, the work of media altering you your views a certain way or maybe also like your parents maybe if they had certain closed-minded views about certain races like I'm sure they're not okay I don't want to point fingers but let's say you grew up in a very conservative American (laughs) this is gonna get really bad so I'm just gonna say is this about someone (laughs) no I was just trying to like target (laughs) target middle america but i shouldn't do that so (laughs) yeah i'm sure like if your parents like consistently told you like my parents did i'm sure like other indian parents did about like certain people in certain categories or certain ways i mean yeah we don't even have to go to middle america like my parents are exactly (laughs) have you guys heard the joke about no bmws in a household like why is that such a common joke i feel like it's not want to uh explain what the bmws is yeah yeah. Um, so this is not our personal opinion. This is what yeah. our parents. Just, just <laughs> no, and and this is like the common misconception growing up is that like you you can't date anyone who is black, who's Muslim or white. Like if you do, then you're kind of you're betraying your culture. You're betraying like your community because that just doesn't fly. And I yeah, think and if you're that, gay, that's just 
not yeah that's not even (laughs) considered (laughs) i think the s stood for spanish at least for like my oh i think they would do bmw hybrid where it's hispanic yeah oh okay there you go yeah yep yep i hate that yeah so weird. we don't we do not feel this way just yeah want to clarify personal, that. <laughs> yeah, personal preference <laughs> um but I think on our peers and media and and social preferences I I guess just speaking to myself and again these are not conscious biases that I have but just when I look at my dating history it has predominantly been white men and I, I mean, I don't, I don't want that. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to instinctively choose that. But then I, growing up, I realized, well, like all on media or whatever I was seeing around me was glorifying the image of the white man. And even in high school, the, the entire popular, which I didn't even really think about until recently, but everyone who was considered popular, they were all white. Like there's not one person of color, not even some sort of fun, like, other you know some mixed race people sprinkled and nothing it was just all very very white and I think in a subconscious way that kind of settles in and you don't really think about it until you kind of look through your dating history and a lot of it is unlearning well what is conventionally attractive and what have I been taught is conventionally attractive and what do I actually find attractive yeah and even in recent years like popular tv shows like never have I ever or or movies like I think the big sick I mean that was that's a great movie and it was based off a true story so that's different but um it's always like a desi person who ends up with a white person like that's like their happy ending and I think that that's what makes it the happy ending is that this person like a person of color breaks out of their community and like is what ends up with someone who's outside of their community and that's supposed to but it's show the white guy out. you know it's the the guy the white guys are like put on this pedestal that is like well that's what you've made it if you're with a white guy kind of exactly yeah no hate on Aiden I love Aiden <laughs> I know it's different the night that I met Aiden I was kind of drunk at a bar and I told my friend like no more white guys like I am done with white guys and then I literally met <laughs> I think that uh growing up in the I don't know if this would be the same if we were in America or if we grew up in India but there was a sense of like you were explaining to there like in high school like the white people were popular and there was this understanding that they are not even just for dating but like to be friends with white people and to hang out with white people it was a thing I feel like it was a thing growing up to be like oh you have your Indian friends and then you have your white friends and like the ratio of your Indian to white friends is like what people judge you on as well of just like oh look how many like white people she hangs out with or she like dates white people like that's it's it's like oh she's able to do that she broke <laughs> out. Yeah. Weird. yeah but it's strange because like to our parents that would be um they would look at it negatively and be like oh she's like losing touch with her culture or whatever but for our peers our indian american peers that is looked at it depends on actually the kind of indian american i guess you are because there are indian americans who only hang out with other indian americans and major and date only UConn had a whole group of that yeah Yeah. same with BU and I feel like most colleges have a there's the Indian Americans that like subconsciously idolize 
whites or like non-Indians. And then that's also just as weird. So it's like, you understand that there's like a game going on, but you kind of feel like you are like forced to be a player and it's all weird and makes me uncomfortable, but it's a thing. It's definitely a thing. And it was, it felt a lot stronger in like middle school and high school, I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And then even looking at that, that BuzzFeed video that you sent, the in both scenarios, Black people fare pretty poorly. For And I just feel like we should definitely address this topic given the current mm-hmm. climate. And the fact that there is basically no Black representation in media and that, glor- I don't, I guess that focus on idolizing like the female lead as being this beautiful heroine or the the male lead being the the guy that's hard to get and get him at the end, whatever garbage. And there's all of them center around these white players. And maybe if they're being diverse, they have the black person as a side character and they're never ever put in this center position. So I think even when we're saying, well, our parents would disapprove of us hanging out with white people and our peers would kind of encourage us to be with white people in no like scenario do we ever place black people or even Asian men that are not Indian. And I, they're just, I feel like they're so pushed to the side and marginalized just in everything we're surrounded by. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's been so just, all of media has been so saturated by this narrative for so long. If you pretty much watch anything that was released before 2010, it's it's just the entire cast is predominantly white. And like you said, like all of the characters that are non-white, they'll have some, it was almost like they were trying to fill out like, uh, what's it called? Like um, diversity quota. Yes, it's almost like the cast had to fill out some kind of diversity quota and be like, okay, we just need one black sidekick or something. And they're always they're always the best friend who you like you never learn about their life you never learn about what their family's like and the dynamics between them and their peers it's almost like they're bumped down in terms like they're so two-dimensional and then the white person gets to be the one who has complicated emotions on things mm-hmm. and who like has all these interesting relationship dynamics it's it's almost like people of color just aren't allowed to be human in those kinds of movies and TV shows. Yeah, and I think also when they are included, the entire narrative is based on their Blackness or how hard it is to be Black. And in so many scenarios, there's never just them casually existing and being the center of attention. Yeah. And even if you look at the Avengers, every single Avenger, every single Avenger is basically white. I think they're making the new Captain America black but that's like a very recent thing but then otherwise you just had Wakanda which is it's good that you have like focusing on the black struggle but it it also needs to shift into a direction where okay well let's recognize their culture recognize uh where they come from and also incorporate them into normal life Mm -hmm. instead of just focusing it on that all the time and just replaying like racial trauma and things that like people of color get enough of in their own lives like do they really need to only consume media that mulls over that Mm -hmm. or some shows will just have like one character that 
represents everything like there'll be like a black trans woman and then everyone else is white and they're like okay we checked out all the boxes <laughs> yeah that's so like, true. oh come on like just spread it out show some show what the world is really like yeah it's not like you don't have these actors that are trying to to exist exactly. they're just choosing to pick white people yeah and having the whole the narrative around them them and their like ethnicity that's also something I find so annoying and that happens all the time especially with southeast asian characters it's always about like them being asian or like them being indian or them being i don't know like like having strict parents and having to like do well in math and just all these things where it's just they're constantly being reminded the audience is constantly being reminded of their ethnicity that they're not white in some ways and that their culture is unrelatable for this and this reason and it's so frustrating because like I don't I don't remember the last time I thought about how I was Indian like it's like not something <laughs> that I go about my day thinking I'm just, like, yeah I'm like working like any other professional adult you know just going about my day I like to I yeah. like to book I like to like you know I have my worries and my anxieties but not related to being Indian you know and yeah it just you want to feel like humanized as as a whole and not just like mm. this is a person and we're going to focus on their skin color and the history of their skin color which has its time and place like I totally understand there are movies that need to talk about that and like things like the white tiger which we'll do an episode on but mm. talks about like how there are such like very serious systemic issues in Indian culture and class and all of that which yeah that was done very well that that is all about like the Indianness of India and like how there are problems there uh, but you know there's yeah in a tv show that's just about like high schoolers hanging out like do we have to make again the the Chinese girl the smart one in math and just like talk about how her parents are pressuring her to go to Harvard like come on yeah um, right and, yeah. and can we have a story about that same girl like Asian girl where assimilation isn't the ultimate goal like just yes becoming a like you know all American girl like isn't the end goal for once it's like mm -hmm. can, can we just accept our culture and be at peace with that and then also like be a human along with that like yeah. why why do those things have to exist in a vacuum and in, in like what we yeah see in TV shows I think there also has to be like some sort of balance to actually even make it realistic I think there's that show I think it's PS I love you and there's there's an Asian girl as the, the oh, yeah thing. I don't even think I watched I the love thing. that I think it's a trio like there are three movie trilogy that's what I'm looking for oh uh, okay yeah wait so uh did they I don't think they showed any actual Asian culture within the household because I think casually if you throw in culture in a way that's not making it a focal point of the narrative it's it's super important because let's say you have maybe you know, the Indian girl in the house and everyone goes over, like, I don't know, there's some scene where they go over and the mom has Indian food on the table, or there's maybe like an Indian God thing somewhere. Like these are real things that are in our households and are common and actually happen. And they're not ever represented that way in movies. They're represented either as like a full storyline or as to they're completely Westernized and like don't acknowledge it whatsoever. Mm -hmm. yeah and that's my one of my biggest problems with that movie is that she so she's biracial like her dad is white and her mom is korean but her mom passed away like way before the movie started 
And so I think the one reference, like they might eat Korean food at one point and then they get like a yogurt drink from the like Asian market and, and that's a whole thing. But then it just like moves on and then it's never mentioned again. And it just seems so unrealistic that she would be that like disconnected from her own culture. And it, and like, I think pretty much all her love interests except for one are white. And then she also has a best friend who's black who we like know nothing about. And it's like, wow, they're really just checking all the boxes. <laughs> yeah, and they, and I think white producers, directors see that this content and they're like, wow, we did something great. That is diversity in action. And it's just like, no. Yeah, and, I, and the sad part is that's based on a book that's by like an Asian American woman writer. So I feel like they kind of missed an opportunity there. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. And then, I mean, how much of them are, are they actually consulting with people of color? Or even, um, you know that new movie that's supposed to come out? I think it's called Music with Sia as the director. Um, well, so it's basically, it centers around an autistic girl and and they basically, and I think only the trailer come, has come out, but they depict how not to handle like someone who's autistic and maybe needs like a little extra help. And th there's so many people just in media who are autistic saying that they've completely missed the mark. They didn't address anyone who actually was autistic or is in psychology and ha is like a professional in dealing with this and they just kind of tried to make this emotional piece and did the best that they could and they also casted the main girl who is not autistic she's just she's Maddie Ziegler or something and it's just I don't know it's a little like it's cart it's cartoonish it's like a caricature when you when you do something like that it's like it's basically like saying casting someone as a black person doing blackface like you can't cast someone who is not autistic as this like autistic person like it just it's it's a little fucked up to me yeah I think representation really matters and like people who have actually experienced those things should be the ones telling those stories otherwise yeah it's inauthentic and that representation is is artificial exactly exactly because you don't see like someone who has autism might look at this movie and think is this what you think of me? Is this what I'm supposed to be? Is this what people think I am? And the like, it just boils down to that no one who had autism was even remotely involved in this movie. It just really angers me. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't know enough about like what dating is like for people who are autistic. So I, I won't speak to that, but I wonder if that goes back to like our idea that, um, the media and our community control so many of our like racial preferences and biases because this is what we're constantly surrounded by like the representation we get it's of like people of color it's it's so minimal it's so it's a caricature and then when we actually have to interact with people from those backgrounds it's like we're we're just not given the tools like from our community from movies like that have such a huge social responsibility um and then that makes it hard for us to navigate those spaces and we default back to what we're most comfortable with seriously and oh my god the fact that white white guys have no understanding of how to interact with people of color it's literally mine <laughs> yeah. the shit I have been told on dates I went out with this guy and he 
he told me let me remember exactly what he said oh okay so I, I also <laughs> I honestly don't even remember his name good riddance um but I was I offhandedly was like oh white people or something like I usually say casually and usually people don't have a problem with it could it have been a little insensitive maybe whatever it was very often there was just like a, a large group of very loud guys next to us and they were like watching tv so I think I offhandedly was like oh white people whatever usually I don't get a response to that and they're just like haha but instead, this man decides to go on a 30-minute rant about how hard white guilt is for him and how his life has been just so difficult trying to be ultra PC in this, in this uh, you know, liberal-centered world. And I'm like, I'm know who your audience? Like, at the very least, did you think I would agree with you? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's, not, that's just like tip of the iceberg. I've also, what else have I been told? Oh, I have a I have a coworker who's Indian. Would you like to? Would you like me to introduce you? Oh my God! What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I don't I don't even know how to respond. <laughs> Did you guys get this in school when there would be like one other Indian kid in your class who was a boy? Like everyone would be like, "Oh, you guys would make the cutest couple." Yeah. <laughs> oh my god do you remember can we bleep this out um yeah <laughs> yes Wait, he was in trouble I forgot yeah and we were in this class together and we were just like talking and the you know normal and this girl comes up to me and she's like you guys would make such a cute couple I was like why is that fucking Brittany why yeah. <laughs> not her actual name so that's fine you can leave that OJ Karen yeah Karen yeah I think sometimes <laughs> those moments, like, I never think about it in the moment, but afterwards, I'm always like, oh, I should have said, like, this and this in return, like, some kind of sarcastic comment, like, if, if somebody was like, oh, you should meet this Indian person, <laughs> like, oh, I know this other guy, do you want to meet him? You're also a guy, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something just really generic or weird. Um, he also has a freckle on his cheek. <laughs> <laughs> he also has brown hair, you're gonna get along so great. well. <laughs> so so absurd such and do you like do you not replay what you're just said you just said I don't know I don't understand yeah. I can't honestly very fair point I've it's like they're they become and not, not even just white guys actually just like people who aren't Indian who haven't interacted with people who are of various different cultures it's almost like they become uncomfortable to the point where they need to like just say things to like get the conversation going and then they end up saying things that are just so weird and just basically like regurgitating every stereotype they could think of about Indianness, and they don't realize that they're yes. like digging themselves deeper into a hole and making me like <laughs> want to go further and further away from them. Um, yes yeah there's yeah yeah, let me play for you every conversation I've had at least maybe five times a year hey I'm Chitra what a beautiful name where does that come from India oh my god I love Indian food (laughs) that has happened to me at least 30 40 times so the the gym teacher um who works with my students oh and for all the listeners I'm a teacher um, and so he like hopped onto my Zoom call and he's about to start his gym class. And he goes, oh, like Miss Singh, my wife made some like chicken Kimura last night. And oh. she and she also made some like 
what do you say? He called samosas like samoras. And then I think he was trying to say like chicken korma and he was like kamori or something like that. And I just smile and nod like, okay. And then my co-teacher who's Filipina, like she was like, oh, what cuisine is that? And then um, I had to be like, oh, I think it's Indian. (laughs) Like I I knew he was talking about Indian food, but just like was not using the right terms for anything. And I had to be the one like, uh, I guess you're talking about Indian food. And it's just, I don't know, I guess it's like, it can be seen as a cute way someone's trying to connect to your culture and like what they know about it. Like I would get this all the time in Mexico, especially because people would look at me and I'd say I'm an American, but they'd be like, oh no, but like eres Hindu, like the word for an Indian person is like Hindu. Um, Which kind of like took me back and I'd, then I just have to explain my whole story. And, and some people would be like, oh, like you guys have the, like, and then they'd point their, to their uh. forehead. <laughs> and I just, at first I would be like offended by that. And I just would want to like walk away from the conversation. But then after a while, I realized like, I'm probably the only Indian person they've actually interacted with. And like, I don't have to, you know, educate them on my whole life story and family history, but. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good point to mention is like I find that my offensiveness or my likelihood to be offended is proportional to like how how much I expect you to be woke (laughs) or like expect you to at least be raised in a culture where you should understand these things or I shouldn't I guess I don't know I, I like I don't blame somebody yeah like in a very rural part of Mexico just kind of like spitting out the one thing they know about Indian people but yeah, if I meet somebody in like Austin or DC or something, that's and they clearly should. I don't know. It's it's weird. I I feel like I'm putting pressure or expectations on people, but there's a difference. You know what I mean? Like if somebody in America is like racist to you versus like if somebody in like a rural part of like Sri Lanka, then you're kind of just like I feel like you would more likely to just brush that off. Is that? Yeah, true? I think it's also the intention that comes with it because when you have someone who is in like the rural part of Sri Lanka, you don't expect them to to they're not intentionally being offensive but when you have someone who is educated in America and knows that they could have put more effort into not being offensive and just decided not to it's a Mm -hmm. little different Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and I think like the systemic part of it like in in the U.S. there's such a or there like a long history of systemically like excluding it like immigrants from coming in or there's like you know our our last president was so like xenophobic like if you make a comment to someone and you're you're like a white person saying something kind of racist to like an Indian person then it's almost like you have this whole racist system like backing you up but if like in Mexico for example like there wasn't that same power dynamic of like a white person in America saying like yelling something offensive to me Mm -hmm. yeah for sure I think I um, mentioned should... this to Jithra when we were driving somewhere. I find that in terms of if I could like take all the weird comments or questions that I've gotten regarding my culture from people that aren't Indian, they usually fall under two categories. They either are trying to, they're like fetishizing Indian culture where they'll be like, oh, you're from India. Like, I love golden milk. Like, I want to climb the Himalayas and like wear a bindi and go to Coachella. Like, it'll be like that. Or it'll be like, 
oh my god you're from India like oh like do you have to have an arranged marriage like oh my god it's I'm so, so sad <laughs> yeah like it's just so <laughs> sad what they do to women there like don't they have to like, the women have to like burn themselves if their husband dies or like some like weird obscure thing that they'll read from like a documentary so either be from one of those two categories it's never just like a oh you're from India tell me more <laughs> you know what's your experience like <laughs> right person it's like extra offensive because India is like a collection of countries basically you know so like for I like I know for a fact that they whatever they're they know about India has nothing to do with my state or like it's probably not even accurate representation of whatever state they're referring to so that's also extra annoying it's like do your research like yeah Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really good segue though into our question about fetishization Mm -hmm. um so where is the line between like a racial tendency you know whether it's conscious or subconscious and the fetishization of a race or is there even a difference Mm. so I'm assuming you all have felt racially fetishized in terms of like a dating experience but then you've also felt like isolated because of your race and a dating experience like have you felt that people people might might not want to be with you because you're not white or whatever or people have also wanted to be because you're not white I think we've all experienced both of that at some point, mm-hmm. right? I think especially with dating apps, when your name is the first thing that comes up. And especially when I saw that that Tinder list of, of the top most frequently swiped right on names, and they're all like Sarah, Brittany, Rachel, like, you know, very, probably not Brittany, honestly. I don't, I'll, I'll post the, a link to the list though. Um, but it's none of them are even even Hispanic or uh, it's all very very white names and I don't even want to know how many guys have just saw my name and swipe left like unconsciously Mm. oh interesting they could also be uh Christian Indians you know from um I highly doubt they made the list I doubt they are too (laughs) but just giving them credit you know there could be Anna in there yeah, I I think they're both weird, like equally weird and wrong to like obviously like exclude someone because they're race, but then to like I don't know, like the, the Rami show is literally perfect. Like that episode, I, we will link the episode in the description. That episode was so perfectly representative of how I felt so many times <laughs> in the experience of dating non-Indian people it was definitely an extreme but I think it needed to be that extreme yeah yeah exactly yeah Yeah, it was extreme for humor purposes (laughs) yeah it's very clear like I think the whole like being told you're like exotic or like you're being like you're clearly being pursued because of your I don't know like I didn't and Chitra didn't somebody tell you on like a bus in Germany that you had like porn star eyes yes I have a feeling that you know of your ethnicity like they want to be like "Ooh, look at how like different you are look like different looking he did call me exotic immediately after and then asked me how many people I lived with yeah like what the (laughs) most unsettling question that is a unsettling question it's like what's the motive there you want to come to my house when I'm alone and murder me three husbands (laughs) <laughs> I could honestly be an expert in the topic of creepy men. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's just, it's both equally weird and disturbing. Because I think yeah. when you fetishize someone, you're like taking away their humanity and just looking at them as a 
like th that two-dimensional character we were talking about and it's it's almost like you want to be with or like have sex with or date whatever like the country or the culture and the like way someone looks like you don't want to be with the actual person like that's just secondary and I find that really creepy yeah You're and there's so many okay well so there's so many just instances of it being a joke that if you date more than two people of the same race then it's immediately a fetish and that obviously would never happen if you're dating multiple white people in a row. And there's so many shows. There, this happened in The League. And there was something else that I mentioned in the group chat that this also happened in, like, another TV show just offhandedly. This is all 2018 stuff, too, where you think people would know better. But it was literally the punchline was, I can't ask this girl out or I'm forced to try and get another race in before I ask this other girl out because I don't want to double and it was just Ugh. it was so insensitive and and just just like blind just blatantly blind to how absurd it was and and I don't know I just it pisses me off because did like like if I dated like I've dated two white guys in a row does that mean I fetishize white men yeah it's just not a thing to fetishize white men because they are the default Mm -hmm. yeah and I think it also depends on your circumstances like I think I've lived in places that are majority white or I've gone to school at places that are majority white so I maybe because of that it's more likely like I would end up with a white person but I, I think the same could be said for like other races too like what if you live in like a part of LA where you're like a white person and you're surrounded by like people from a certain ethnic group and they're like your friends and like you hang out with like a certain kind of person a lot then like it's more likely you'll end up dating someone from that group yeah like I yeah think to do with like where you are geographically too mm -hmm. like yeah. I think the intention matters a lot it definitely like it, it makes sense that somebody would want to date someone else of similar at least lifestyle and some a lot of times lifestyle is tied very closely with people's culture and their religion so like if I was like super super let's say if I was like yeah like super Hindu and I was like constantly praying and like going to these like prayer workshops and uh I like spoke the language all the time and whatnot um yeah I could date somebody that was just very understanding of that and just let me do my own thing and I we support each other but it would make sense if somebody who's like that to want to date somebody or marry somebody who's also within those lines it would just be like easier for their own like comfort sake um and then also kids is a huge thing for a lot of people it's like if I'm gonna marry someone and we're gonna have kids then what's gonna happen with the kids like what culture are they gonna adapt how are they gonna if they're if there's two cultures involved they're probably just gonna end up with no culture <laughs> like is that also gonna be an issue for them um and then, like I mentioned, my friend, uh, like his parents can't speak English. So for him, like it's important that his parents can get along with the, the girl that he marries. So um, yeah, he's like keen on marrying a Chinese girl. So yeah, I think certain in certain cases, it's, it's understandable, especially if you have like a very extreme lifestyle one way or another, but it's a very yeah. fine line between what that you, what you could say is just something that oh we would just be more compatible versus I'm racist you know <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. And I think, it, again, it, it does like kind of boil down to, well, if we were at the most accepting state in society, it wouldn't really matter. And people would be like, I would be able to find a white guy who'd want to go to temple with me or, mm-hmm. or okay, I got to stop saying white a guy who is not Indian who wants to go to temple with me or I would be able to find someone who's you know willing to even maybe learn a language for my parents or you know although that's a lot of effort I think in general but I think America there's also a very different weight of in for race here and then in other countries so that's also something to consider. I think people are more openly uh, like problem, what we, what we would consider problematic towards race in other countries than here and maybe like England. Um, so like, I wonder if we grew up in France and we were like French American first gen. Uh, I wonder if like, like you remember in Emily in Paris? Okay, that's not a obviously that's not an accurate representation of <laughs> culture, but um, just what a terrible show! And fuck that show for getting an Emmy or was it an Emmy nominee? That's absolutely like uh, this girl on Twitter. She's like this Indian woman around our age, and she's pretend she like pretended that she invented it as a joke. Oh yeah, yeah. writing articles about her like creator of Emily in Paris says she did it as as a joke that's hilarious and like then something like Rami which is actually such a such a real experience and they and I there's so much imagery that I I like took note of that just it it spoke volumes there there's one point where he kneels down to pray for during Ramadan with with a bunch of other guys and he takes off his shoes and the camera pans down to his Nikes and then pans to him praying and it's just this total juxtaposition of like idealizing American culture and how Jordans and Nikes were just like the pinnacle of like American being American. And, you know, that, that kind of trying to spending all this money to even just fit in. And then also just count like, on the other opposite end of trying to like keep your culture alive and be a good Muslim. Mm-hmm. a city that makes it very hard to be a good Muslim. Mm-hmm. Have either of you ever felt the need, like, have you viewed your culture or your Indianness as a, almost like a, a, there's like a thermometer and you have to like adjust the levels of it or the temperature of it based off of who you're around and what situations, like toning, toning down, dial, not a thermometer, a dial. <laughs> Let me get my metrics correct. And you have to like tone down how Indian you are in certain culture or situations around certain people and then like tone it up in other areas. I find that yes. that's like a constant like titrating, adjusting that we're doing. Yeah. yeah. I think that's like a, a term used in Black culture where yeah. code switching is um, basically when someone who's black puts like their white voice on if that makes sense so they they don't talk the way they would speak with their other friends who are black and they'll switch it yeah um I don't know if that is an appropriate term for yeah I think like we code switch in different ways yeah I just don't know if the term it would be like appropriating the term so I just want to yeah I I don't know I guess like dialing back is what I yeah 
Mm-hmm. But it is like the same gist. So I, I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I was actually talking about my roommates with this, especially with dating guys, where there's there's some amount of information that I can give about me being Indian. And then there's a point where it's too ethnic. Like I can't, I can tell them that I love to cook Indian food and they'll be like, oh, cook me a meal. Like that sounds great. But as soon as an Indian song comes on in the car, it's too ethnic. It's yeah, like, yes, <laughs> yeah. I also like, I get embarrassed. It's so weird. I don't know why. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't be embarrassed. But I'm like, oh my yeah. God. Like, oh, that's Indian switch. Like, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I totally agree. So- um, Shivani, I wanted to ask you, do you think your culture overpowers Aiden's culture? Just being like white American versus like Indian I guess I'd answer that with a question like what would his culture be like what is white culture yeah exactly so that's I think I think basically also same question (laughs) like does he really provide a culture that that you would even that you change any part of your lifestyle to like participate in um so no I I don't feel like I have to participate in his culture per se like I think that the differences between us are more about our hobbies and our interests. And that might be tied to like our race. Like I really like to dance and I like want to get him to do dance workouts with me, but he's really not into that because he didn't grow up in a culture where dancing was really accepted. Like he said, boys especially would be like discouraged from dancing when they were little kids. Um, and, And I feel like in Indian culture, dance is such a big part of celebrations. And to him, it brings a lot of like shame and embarrassment. So I I guess that's an example. And then he's also really into sports, like all sports, which is definitely a thing among like, like Indian Americans too. So I don't know if it's really like culturally, we have to adjust. I have to adjust to him Mm -hmm. that much. It's more just like finding ways to um, participate in each other's different interests that Mm -hmm. could be tied to our race. Mm -hmm. I think the dance example was really good because Indian men are very encouraged to dance and and that's so true like I feel like American men that are not Indian are super frowned upon yeah and and Aiden's sister-in-law is African-American and and she was talking to like his brother about that how at parties like kids were encouraged to dance and like everyone would be dancing like grown-ups and little kids and elderly people but like with Max that's his brother and and Aiden like at their family gatherings like dancing was like really discouraged and kind of seen as like an embarrassing shameful thing so it's interesting like associating the different emotions with dancing because I see it as like an endorphin release and creative but Mm -hmm. I can see it being like a source of of shame if it's if it's seen as like not appropriate yeah for sure and I mean just in the in the interest of of hitting on like a like some little different topics um what do you think about queer couples gay couples like how how do you think that race plays into that dynamic I mean I guess you have if you have you know Indian people who are gay that it it, it's a whole clusterfuck with the family because of you know Mm -hmm. all that garbage um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I think I think it's really hard I mean I've seen actually these uh like articles on two Indian women who got married and I think one was Muslim and one was Hindu and they did 
the Hindu ceremony, they did the the Muslim ceremony. I thought that That's was like a so double cool. whammy of like no nos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, culturally, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but it it was like kind of incredible that even li- like religion and and certain cultures shame people for being gay so often and to be able to keep your culture alive and doing something that I guess goes against it in a way is is hard it's like I don't know yeah and I I definitely have read about like racial biases within like the queer community and I think like that's it's and I think it goes back to what we were saying like with representation in the media and the kind of beauty we're told to like idealize and and put on a pedestal like I I think like no one's really immune to that since it's around us all the time yeah that's true and I think even with like queerness in general I think it tends to be represented by white people more often than any other race or I think more lately I've been seeing Black people, but I don't ever see Asian people or Hispanic people at all. Mm. I also, I don't know if this is just me, but I feel like it's very wrong that I I think this way and I need to definitely change about this. But um, usually if I feel, if I feel like I'm, if someone is making me feel isolated or like weird in some way in, in terms of like a dating scenario, um, I automatically just assume it's because I'm Indian, like if, as if they're not Indian either. Like I, I think it's something to do with my Indianness. Like let's say it's yeah, like I'm talking to somebody who's not Indian, and let's say maybe it's going well, but then at some point doesn't go well or doesn't go well in general uh, from the beginning. I always feel like oh, I wonder if I was their race or if I was white, if things would be different. And I don't know why. I don't think about oh well, like maybe he really hates like. I don't know black hair like maybe I don't know if like I never associate other factors there could be so many other factors but I feel like I sometimes think about it I sometimes blame my my culture more than I should which shows I think I do the same thing too which goes to show I still have this weird like stigma of feeling like I'm less than by being Indian yeah that's so true. And I think it is that, that oh, that line between showing how much I can show being Indian and this is too ethnic. And I think um, maybe it is because I am Indian. I don't know. But more often than not, guys will get turned off like, you know, once I show them that I've done classical Indian dance or once I or even just like tell them or like play Indian music occasionally. And then I feel like there is kind of just like a weird shift. But it, it seems like it happens too often to not be the problem. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think we're crazy. Okay. Like when I mean, this is, it was a while ago, like when I was dating. So I don't know how much I can contribute right now. Um, yeah. But I, I think it took me a while, like in the beginning when I would start like seeing someone or talking to someone, like I just wouldn't bring up my Indianness at all. Like, even though, and maybe it's because in college, like, I didn't value it in the same way I do now, that I, like, it, it would take me a long time to even talk about it with someone. So I, I don't think I really felt that, like, if something ended, it was because of that. 
so I, I guess my question would be like, how early on or how much later did this feel like it, it would, it led to things ending or it led to like them, you know, not valuing you in the way you felt you deserved. It's usually like random guys at a bar, to be honest. It's not, it's not so much like I, I might not even like hang out with them more than like twice, but if I feel that there's a, there's a strong sense of either like a pull or like this is not going well. Um, I always attribute it. I, I somehow I think subconsciously attribute it to like being Indian or like yeah. my looks, which is even worse in my opinion. Where I'm like, oh, maybe I'm just like not attractive enough to them, or like maybe I, if yeah. I was like if I looked like this, or I mean that's what it comes down to, right? It's like oh, maybe if I wasn't Indian, as in if I didn't look the way I looked. So I guess it does come down to looks at the end of the day but but yeah it's it's gross and I think it's like a natural not natural but it's a common pressure that just all women go through of just feeling like oh maybe I just wasn't eurocentrically attractive yes yeah Yeah. even in our own culture that's so valued because of like colorism which is a whole different episode I feel like yeah for sure yeah yeah. And the fact that we say like, oh, my eyes are just brown. It's like, why are we saying just? Like they're yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> they're dark and mysterious, like the night sky. Is how I yeah. see. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking about this earlier. How um, as a kid, or maybe when we, it was when we were learning about genetics, how you're taught like someone has red hair or blonde hair, or they're a brunette. Like you're either a ginger, a blonde, or a brunette like that's what we'd say the three hair colors are and I would always say like oh I guess I'm a brunette <laughs> but no I have black yeah. hair yeah. I feel like that's just gonna be an option <laughs> yeah. not like I guess not that many white people like naturally have really dark black hair you know yeah and it's weird how like on the, like these are very subtle things that growing up we hear these categories and we're not involved in them at all mm-hmm we function as if these are rules in the game, but we're not as, we're not like actively playing as if they're rules. We're just kind of like subconsciously acting as if, what am I saying? It's like, <laughs> like we've, it's so deeply ingrained in so many of the ways that we think and the ways that people that are not like us think, but that kind of influenced the way we date and meet each other and how we talk and hook up and all that stuff. But um, I don't think some, I don't think we're even aware of like most of the rules we're playing. Yeah. When we're yeah, that's so true. Like I don't, I wasn't really yeah. aware of this like dialing that I did of Indianness when I was around non-Indian guys until like recently and I really I think I'm, I've done that for like yeah. since like high school oh my god do you hear my dad yelling yeah <laughs> yeah something to say about your dating life <laughs> it was very subtle like I, I didn't okay know. good <laughs> yeah, <don't worry. laughs> um, um, but I totally agree that and I also think to a point there also is this kind of like like this I think this is more recent too just a new age like appropriation but still make it white of of features that we find aesthetically pleasing like in a woman so you have women should now be very curvy and have like a fat ass which is traditionally not 
Yes, which is traditionally not a Eurocentric feature. Like this is, I think, a lot more common in just um, people of women of color. Like appropriating Black culture. Yeah, yeah, I would say Black people. No, for sure. And then, well, I think it's also the the Kim Kardashian look. So it's like Middle Eastern women, like tan skin, which might explain that whole Saudi Arabian women being like the top of the list and Mm-hmm. in the desirable traits but um it's it's just it's kind of but now it's this impossible standard that no one because it's this mishmash like still a white person but with like the body of a black girl and blue eyes it just it doesn't yeah. it's all nonsense it's really like creepy how different body types go in and out of fashion like these yes. I feel like it was the Kate Moss like thin as a reed kind of look and then now it's like being slim thick and it's like not everyone can achieve that body type like because genetics and mm-hmm. and it's just like ridiculous standards that we put on everyone to achieve that which I feel like could be a whole other episode yeah for sure it's really annoying how it, it seems like 50 influencers control what you're supposed to look like for the entire world especially now and it's gotten to a point where is it just me or does like everyone online look exactly the same like I feel like like every at least women they all look the same it's kind of creepy like super tan and a big ass big booty big fat ass or even just like their face like they literally they all have the same size lips they all have like the same eyebrows done the same exact way they all contour the same way they all like it's very weird it's like and yeah it's basically like like you're mentioning like kim kardashian i'm not trying to like point at her but like people who are really the like the big media moguls and who have these influencers what they set as the standard of what's attractive that like that's it then everyone starts like going trying to reach that I guess but it's yeah especially with social media it's just like periled it that's not a word it's like rocket shipped it forward (laughs) to the point where people are just looking like clones of each other and it's very yeah it's a little eerie yeah and I wonder like how how that influences dating apps like are people who conform more to that exact beauty standards like more likely to be swiped right on yeah yeah I mean probably I would think right I mean there yeah, are even videos that will tell you like like there's science behind a lot of this stuff of like what, what makes a face attractive like the symmetry and and the certain proportions of your face and there's like a golden ratio for women terrible things but um I'm sure like people go to like plastic surgeons and talk to them about that kind of stuff and be like how can I be prettier and then you just go off of that one model of like what it means to be pretty and then you just kind of yeah I guess like pick out the items you want in the shopping cart yeah it was mind blown when I learned that people get plastic surgery to look like the snapchat filter Mm -hmm. yeah and that's I think that's so so dangerous is now we are able to see pictures of what we would look like and we get upset when we don't look like that all the time and I understand that that there is you know a push towards um normalizing getting work done but I think it's there's like a line for that right like it it's become something that people have become fully obsessed with instead of 
maybe you struggled your whole life with how your nose looks and getting a nose job just really brings all this confidence to you and like you're all set but then it kind of for some people it just builds off that it's like okay well then now what what can I get done next and you're just never happy with yourself and you're not pursuing more meaningful connections in your brain and living your life in a more fulfilling way instead you're just focusing on this like outward appearance and I understand self-expression is important but it's it's equally as important to develop your inside as it is to develop your outside and we don't stress that at all especially in in the social media world we live in where everything is your outward appearance the first thing people see when they scroll on TikTok is how you look and then secondary is the content that you're about to produce mm-hmm yeah, like dating apps I mean who's gonna say that they don't judge based off of looks and that's the first thing you see when you see anyone exactly and how, how else do you do you control that though like on a dating app you know I think this came up in our last episode I feel like I remember talking it about did that. Oh. Hmm. what were we talking what was our last episode it was meaning and purpose Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember why. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I don't think we're meant to meet people through dating apps. It's just, it's very pretty privileged, biased, all of it. Yeah, I, I wonder like how, how different it is from the way people met others before. Because I, like we were talking about arranged marriage earlier and how white people are like, or like non-Indians seem so averse to it. Um, but it, it seems- you can edit the amount have, of times we said that. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we do have a, a version of arranged marriage in the US though. Like if you have a certain education level, you're way more likely to marry someone of that same education level. And yeah, like, yes. it's, I feel like arranged marriage is meant to put two people together who are the perfect match, like for finances, for where you, who your family is and all that stuff. Like I, obviously it's not as organized and as strict here, but I think with dating apps too, like we're more likely to go for people who we find physically attractive and who like go to, I, I don't know. I think some people like might choose someone based on their job and where they work, like, and so I, I wonder like if, bef- if before we had dating apps, if that, that was already a tendency people had and then dating apps have just like broken that down to its most essential form. Like I'll swipe right on you cause I like how you look and I like how old are, how old you are, where you go to school, how much you make, like you tick all those boxes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I actually think that's so true. Like dating apps are exactly the same as arranged marriages. And people have this misconception that you're dragging women against your will to marry this guy that they found. And that's not the case at all because you have, you know, your uncle who knows this guy from this town over who has this job and looks like this and thinks it'd be a good fit. And then they meet. And if the woman's like, "Mm, you know what? No, they find someone else. So Mm -hmm. there is like a certain level of autonomy, I think in that, decision-making process and then uh, like what you were saying Shalona people are once you turn 26 to 28 people once they just meet someone who takes the boxes that's it we're getting married Mm -hmm. so it's it's exactly the same but because of the word and the cultural connotations we attribute arranged marriage as this horrible thing yeah especially at those ages yeah they're basically doing exactly what you would do as arranged marriage in India they're just like going through applications (laughs) 
and trying to like pair logistically like income and are they doing something that I'm interested in? Do you have similar lifestyles? And yeah, that's so true. But if you bring that up to anybody here, I feel like they'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no. <laughs> so advanced. We are the Western world. We're better than everyone. <laughs> exactly. And we're uncivilized and have backwards practices. And, all and I, I think what people don't realize is that arranged marriage is like marriage in the U.S. and that it's, it's always going to follow new trends. It's going to evolve and turn into a different institution. Like people are getting married later in the U.S. Whereas like when our like baby boomers were, you know, fresh out of college, they would get married and have kids much younger, but that's changed now. And it's the same way in India. It's like people are finding like new ways to meet people who they might end up having an arranged marriage with or like the like technology is changing things too. It's it's not like this stagnant ancient institution that's purely like patriarchal control. Mm. Even if it does all go back to the patriarchy. Yeah. It always does. <laughs> and there's always gonna be that person that's like, oh well, 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 I saw that YouTube video. There's this like one remote village in India where they like force their woman to get married. And I'm like, I can show you like 500 videos about various weird creepy cults in America doing equally horrendous yeah. things with women like mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't do anybody any good to focus on the extremes because yeah sure there's women that are getting oppressed in India but yeah women are getting oppressed all over the world this is like a woman problem it's not an Indian problem yes very true this has been a very good and long conversation yes well we should probably conclude somehow yeah or maybe just sum up some shit I don't know so um, it seems like there's so many different elements that play into being fetishized or racism in dating. And there's a fine line between like preferences and fetishizing, but then also saying like, you don't prefer certain races. We, I think we agree that that's very weird. Uh, I think it, essentially none of it is black and white and it's all very subjective and personal and different. Mm -hmm. So we really concluded nothing. So that's good. But I think we can <laughs> conclude from our experiences that we would appreciate people being more culturally sensitive and asking more open-ended questions rather than assuming what we've been through, what we've experienced um, and what it's like for us to be Indian. And yeah, and, and instead like coming along with us on the journey of learning about Indian culture and not making us feel like it's something that is a quirk about us. Yes. 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 Ask me how to pronounce my name. Just yeah. ask. Um, <laughs> I, I accept that question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Eat Indian food with me. Nobody <laughs> <I don't laughs> yeah. would argue with that. <laughs> well, well, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Yeah. Happy Valentine's Best way to spend it. Oh. Amen. Yes. No men. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and thanks to that one listener in Slovakia. We really appreciate you. Yes. Shout out. Keep listening. Yeah. Yeah, please. Leave us reviews. Except like, if you don't like it, then don't leave us a review. <laughs> tell us why you don't like it. <laughs> yeah, privately, not public. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Bye. 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 Have a good night. Love good you. Night. Guys. Love you. Bye, guys.
Bye. Bye.